written cases which at one time were probably confined to a few niche firms like Monitor, which tend to use them quite uh, aggressively, have now become quite common worldwide. I mean, it's at, throughout the last few years, McKinsey, Bain, and BCG have used them sporadically in terms of testing them. Bain and BCG in particular have used them in certain offices, but I see now they're becoming more and more common across the world, um, and they're becoming more uniform and they're becoming a traditional part of the way a consulting firm tests candidates. So today's podcast, I want to cover the different kinds of um, written cases you could face and some strategies for how to approach them. There are basically three kinds of written cases you could face. Uh, The first kind is uh, the simplest uh, kind of written case you could face, and it basically follows the monitor format, whereby you're given data sheets, you're given a few graphs, and per graph you're asked two or three pointed questions. I say this is the easiest because you have the data in front of you and you ask questions about the data. So there's no, um, there's not a lot of thinking required to understand the broader conceptual issues and so on. It's basically testing your ability to read graphs and the ability to um, identify information, or identify insights within those graphs. They are the easiest kinds. In most of these cases, you're probably given about anywhere from five to eight uh, pieces of data. You have anywhere from one to three questions per a piece of data, and you're given anywhere from 25 minutes to up to an hour to answer questions about this. Uh, You're usually put in a room, uh, you're given the data sheets, and you're told that um, at the end of this, a, a partner, a principal, or even a consultant will come in and you need to have a discussion with them about the uh, analysis you conducted and the results you have concluded as a result of your analysis. I find this to be the easiest. Um, They are really, really simple to do and they pretty much mirror the McKinsey PST PST, uh, uh, test, although this one will be done verbally. So that's the easiest kind of... um, written case. The, there are two other formats of written cases. The one is where you are given a specific problem but where the information is broad. Let me give you an example of that. An example of that would be you come in to write the test, you're given a sheet of paper and the sheet of paper says what should Tesco's strategy be? and you're given a lot of data, right? So the issue there is specific. Tesco has a strategy problem, but it, it the context is quite broad because you don't know where you need to focus to develop a strategy because all the data has been presented to you, usually five or eight, could be even up to 20 exhibits of information. All you know is they have a strategy problem, but you don't know how to move forward from there because it is very, very vague. Those are what I would say the they are less common. I would say 10% of all cases, written cases, follow that format. The third format is whereby the issue is vague and the context is vague. An example of that would be something like, what should Tesco do? And you're given something like 8 to anywhere up to 20 pieces of exhibits. 
Now the difference between the second and the third style of written case is in the second style it says what should Tesco's strategy be. The issue is quite specific there in terms of what they want you to focus on. In the third one, what should Tesco do? You don't know what the issue is. It could be an operations issue, it could be a strategy, it could be a corporate finance, it could be a governance issue, it could be a supply issue, supply chain issue. So the the the, the third kind is is a lot more unusual and they usually what I find is that those kind of written cases are, are very rare. Um, I would say that I've only seen them once or twice uh, with candidates and it takes a very experienced interviewer to run those cases. Now let's look at the last two formats because I think they are the, the two that really disrupts people the most. And to assume you've got a case such as you know what should Tesco's strategy be and you present it with a lot of data. A common mistake almost 95% of candidates make, in fact I would say all candidates make this mistake initially at some point, is that they immediately look at the data and then they simply follow the data. Now remember this is a case interview. You're given data and you must understand there are three problems with the data. One is you may be given the wrong data. It is possible the exhibits that you are given do not contain any useful information at all, right? It is possible the exhibits you're given do not contain sufficient information and it's also possible that the data you're given or the exhibits you're given do not contain um, oh sorry, do contain misleading information. So they have information in there that is just there to mislead you. And in a proper case, when you're given exhibits, it tries to mimic a real project in the sense that in a real project, you have access to a lot of company information and your job is to know what is important. So if you're given a written case and you immediately go to the uh, exhibits and you start following the exhibits to analyze it, you're automatically going to fail. And I'll tell you why you're going to fail. Because if you're following the exhibits presented, you don't know the quality of the exhibits. How do you know that an exhibit you're spending 10 minutes on is even important? How do you know an exhibit that you're spending 5 minutes on is not important? The point is you don't know. So when you're given a case with a lot of data, a, level, a, a, a type 2 kind of um, written case whereby the um, issue is, is quite clear, develop Tesco strategy, but the context is very broad with a lot of exhibits, the first thing you need to do is not to look at the exhibits. I know that's counterintuitive, but don't look at the exhibits. Ask yourself, okay, I need to develop Tesco strategy. What kind of framework would I need to keep in the back of my head to develop Tesco strategy? Build out your framework. Ask yourself what kind of data you would need to analyze different parts of your framework. Once you know what data you need, then go to the exhibits to see if that data is available. If that data is available, use it in your analysis. If there's other data you need that's not in the analysis, then make a note of that and say, okay, this is what I can do with the information provided, but this other critical information is not available. So that when the interviewer comes back in, you can explain to them that some information you needed, be able to explain why you need it, was not available. The point is, and this is common, everyone goes in and just looks at the data. Do not follow the data. The data is misleading. It's designed to be misleading. You first need to know what you want to do. If you simply jump in and go and follow the data, that's no different to someone who is trying to solve a case without a framework. That's exactly what you're doing if you dump into the data. You're solving a case without a framework and clearly you are failed for that. And this is no different in a written case. The same strategy needs to be followed for a type 3 kind of written case whereby you're given a vague issue and a broad context such as, you know, what should Tesco do? Same thing, right? But there's a slight difference here. When you don't have a specific issue to target, 
Like what should Tesco do? Then you have to look at the data because you have to identify the issue. And once you identify the issue, then you build your framework and then you look at the data again. So that's let's just recap here, right? The type one written case is where you are given exhibits and very specific questions. There's pretty straightforward. You just go through each exhibit and answer the question and be able to explain the way you've done the calculations and why you've made any assumptions if you've made them. In a type two written case, where the issue is specific, like what should Tesco strategy be, but the context is broad, you have to ignore the data, identify the issues, build your framework, then look at the data. Where you have a type three written case where the issue is, where the issue is very vague, like an example would be what should Tesco do or what should General Electric do, and where the context is broad, you need to look at the data to identify the issue. And then you solve out by building your framework and so on. Now, it has become common for many firms to ask you to present this information at the end, you know, if you do the Tesco strategy case, you know, what should Tesco strategy be? Rather than having you um, talk them through it, they may ask you to put together three or four slides or even five slides. Now, what they're looking for when you do these slides is really your ability to synthesize information. It's a myth that they're looking for your presentation skills. They're basically looking for you, for your ability to take all this information that you've analyzed uh, synthesize it and present it. And when you synthesize things, this is a very basic rule of thumb. You know, never repeat things that are already known. The, the interviewer knows the case facts. You should never put up a slide saying these are the key facts of the case. You know, you just lose points immediately. Don't put up a slide starting off with assumptions. What you should put up is a slide saying this is my recommendation and you know, break down your recommendations, saying what is your core recommendation, what are your sub-recommendations, and maybe some of the things you may want to consider. Slide two should be why you are making those recommendations, right? And maybe slide three are the implementation challenges. If you need a slide four, you can maybe delve into some of the analysis more deeply. If you have a slide five, maybe some of the considerations that the company would need to take in, the company would need to keep in the back of their head as it rolls this out in the future. Not necessarily implementation challenges, but for example, if you're recommending a company run its uh, facilities harder than it normally does, maybe the first four or five years, maintenance costs may not be an issue, but in the long term, it may be an issue. So those are additional considerations for the company. But the point is this. Once you know that you are going to be doing a written case where you have to present, it is very easy for you to get a copy of a BCG McKinsey um, slide deck guideline. BCG does publish them on their website and they're freely available on the internet and see how their slides are done, right? I would not encourage to use a Bain slide deck because they're pretty badly put together. I mean, Bain's slide preparation guidelines are pretty weak. Um, so what you should do is you should get an example of how these slides are put together and think about how you're going to present your information. Remember, presentation is just as important as the content. They are looking for your ability to synthesize things and synthesizing is not just how you the content you have in there, it's how you present the content. A poorly synthesized argument or conclusion can come across well if it's presented well. A great synthesis can come across poorly if it's presented poorly, you know, if it's laid out on the slides haphazardly. And I've seen people sh send me an example of what they've presented, and basically what they have is they have a head not even a headline, they just have a two-line title at the top, and they have a paragraph of facts. It's just not a it's just not a 
a way to present that allows you to convey information and allows you to communicate. So you want to avoid those things. And I think the most important thing is you need to understand the principles of consulting in slides. You know, the idea of storyboards, you need to have a story in your headlines. Um, the idea is maybe kickers or footers as they call them. Uh, the three by three rule in the case of um, you know, some of the consulting firms and the amount of bullets you need to put. The point is think very carefully about how you want to present your data. Now sure you can tell me well I don't know what I'm gonna, how to present it because I don't know what I'm going to present. That may be true but good design principles you should know them before you begin. You only have about four or five minutes to put together your slides so you can't be spending hours doing this. And when you present the slides keep it simple. Go through things succinctly to the point. Don't spend a lot of time giving context. Get to the point, right? I've seen people when they're practicing, they'll spend a lot of time providing the context. The context is not important. The people reviewing your work have already seen the case. They know the context. Get straight to the point of what you're recommending, why, the analysis, and potentially other considerations and implementation issues. Those are the most important things when you are doing a presentation for a written case. But the first thing you have to do when you get a written case is identify the type of written case you have. Is it a type 1, type 2, type 3? If it's a type 1, you're probably lucky. Type 2 may be a little bit more unlucky, but easier to do. Type 3 is a lot harder to do. Um, it requires, I think, a lot more discipline, a lot more focus. Basically, type 3 is, is throwing you in the deep end and saying, okay, if you have the ability to frame issues, develop order out of chaos, you should be able to handle these cases. Type 3 are very rare. You're unlikely to get them, to be honest. Um, in some cases, what happens with the type 3 case, I've seen this because I've done it, is a partner would come in with three or four slides and put them on a table and say, okay, you know, just have a discussion with you and say, okay, this is happening, what do you think? So it's not really a written case, but it, but you know, that's the majority of the way I've seen it delivered. But in some cases, a partner will come in and say, okay, we've seen this, I'll leave you alone for a few minutes to think about this and tell me what you think should happen. One thing you should never do with a written case, and I've seen this with Candice, I'll give them a written case and I come back, I, I'm very explicit to them and tell them that I want a strategy for this company, I want them to tell me what to do to fix the operational problem, whatever the issue is. I'll come back and they haven't done what I've told them to do. What they have done is they've looked at each slide and they've come up with insights. If you do that, you automatically fail, right? If you're asked to develop a strategy, develop a strategy. If you're asked to develop an operations plan to fix a capacity problem or a productivity problem, develop an operations plan. What you shouldn't do is come is uh, present your thoughts on the slides and then try to talk it through to the partner once they come in. Yes, yeah, sometimes you could get away with that, but you have to be very good at speaking. I mean, you need to follow the instructions more clearly when they are presented to you. If you don't you know, follow the instructions, obviously the partner thinks you're not paying attention. That raises a whole lot of other questions. It also is slight off-putting that you know someone takes the time to interview you, which it is time they're taking away, and you're not willing to follow the guidance presented to you. Um, I'm, I'm going to raise this briefly because I think it comes out with every candidate we deal with and they always talk about you know, what can they do to improve their math. And you know my view on this is direct and I'm not going to lie about it. The point is if, if you've got a few weeks to go before an interview, even like a week or two weeks to go, you're not going to improve your math. I mean it's a myth, right? Um, all these websites tell you they're going to do it but you, know, you can do it but you're not going to do it within two weeks of an interview. If you want to improve your math or arithmetic, you should start well before your interviews, a month, two months before, and learn a technique. Um, very rarely are people's issues to be faster at math. Their main issues is the fact that two things, they either don't know how to structure problems 
or they can't handle ambiguity. I've seen this with some candidates. I mean, I have a candidate where whenever you you, you, you give him stuff to think about while he's thinking about something, he just gets flustered and breaks down. I mean, you basically can't do that, right? You need to be able to handle ambiguity. When a partner is giving you information or the interviewer is giving you information, you need to be able to capture the information they're giving you, put it aside on one area of your data sheet, work with what you're working with, and then incorporate it. So, you know, I, while a lot of people say they have math issues, I think that math issues or arithmetic issues are a part of the problem. But I think the biggest issue is they don't know how to handle what I would call dynamic con you know, uh, situations whereby they've got to think about something and while they're thinking about it, more information is being presented to them which changes what they're thinking about. I think that's where people struggle. And because they struggle, their, their arithmetic suffers. Uh, I think very few people, in fact, I've yet to see someone who can break down the conceptual parts very well and then struggles with the math. I think most people, because they struggle with the conceptual issues or they have this uh, this difficulty with working in real time with numbers, is they become apprehensive. And because they become apprehensive and nervous, this affects the ability to do the math. So if you are going to be doing written cases and you're worried about math or any cases, you shouldn't be practicing for it you know, two months before the interviews. Uh, it is more useful and I think more beneficial to start looking at different techniques to improve your arithmetic skills well before the interviews. And remember, the most important thing you need to remember is that everyone has their own way for doing arithmetic, right? Um, you can't basically look at someone else's technique and say, I'm going to do this, so it worked for someone else. If it worked for someone else, there's a reason it worked for them, you've got to find a technique that works for you. And everyone follows a different technique. Um, in some of the cases I put up, I don't really pay a lot of attention to the math because you need to do that. I focus more on the conceptual side because that's the part that I think most people need help on. But when you're looking at the cases we put up, for example, be very wary of just following the uh, guidelines and making sure that the math ties up. Because the numbers that we put up are usually rounded up or rounded down quite aggressively, and I think more than is required for a case. So uh, finally, just to come back to written cases, is they are becoming more and more common. Um, just make sure you can identify the case and you use the right approach to, to tackle it. As always, please place comments and I'll be happy to respond to them.